Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. A couple things I just wanted to remind a few people about. Uh, If you're an intern, uh, you need to make sure you remember today. We have a meeting, 1230, right in that room. Uh, So we'll have lunch for you, and we'll talk about some things and talk behind all of your backs. Uh, You know, just fun stuff, gossip and things. No, we wouldn't do that. That's it. So uh, also, dads. If we could pull the lights up just a tiny bit out here, uh, dads that are here with uh, with sons or or uh, yeah, don't yeah, thanks. Uh, that's in a second. Um, but dads, we would love for you, and even if you don't have a son and you volunteer out here, we'd love for you guys to help out Saturday night. Uh, it starts at six, but if you could help, just get here around 5:30 uh, on Saturday, and uh, we'd love to get your help for man night. It's going to be a good time together. Uh, awesome time for man night this Saturday. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the body today, uh, the body of Christ, but specifically the different body parts that are described in the Bible in um, 1 Corinthians 12. So with that being said, let's check out this video that talks about it a little bit. So, that's the body of Christ. So you think about that as we look at that video and think about what does God mean when he talks to us from his word about being the body. And what, is that, what does that do for us and how does that challenge us to be more of a unified group together? Well, first of all, we need to cover to be a part of the body of Christ and to actually have a function. You need to know Christ as your Savior. So if you don't know for sure and you don't know that, you know, I have actually trusted Jesus and, and followed him and believe in his death, burial, and resurrection on my behalf, then, then you're not part of the body yet. So this, this lesson really will be hopefully future for you uh, once you trust Christ. But if you have trusted Christ and, and you not only call yourself a Christian, but you actually see evidence in your life that you are a Christian, then here are some things that we can look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that kind of help us understand what this whole concept of the body means. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn there to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go ahead and give us just a little bit more light so they can um, see uh, if their Bibles don't have built-in lights, although their phones may. Uh, So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be starting in verse 12. uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. 
The first thing we want to look at is that we are unified as the body in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we're actually unified. That we have the opportunity to be unified. And we also have the verses up here as well. But let's look at those. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. So the Bible describes when you trust Christ as your Savior, that the Holy Spirit indwells you. And that the member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit indwells you. It's a, it's a supernatural thing. But the Holy Spirit is described as that teacher that teaches you as you read God's Word. And as you pick up the Bible on your own, you don't actually have to have me all the time over your head teaching you. Or your leader in your breakout, or your parents. That would be really creepy, you know, if, if one of your interns was just hovering over you all the time trying to teach you the Word of God. You've got to have some privacy, right? So the idea is that the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and teaches you. And what happens in the Spirit is that the Spirit brings a sense of unity. That we are all together, even though Jews and Greeks in that context really weren't one together apart from Christ. The Jews and Greeks were, were fighting one another. They were people that despised one another. They're the people that wouldn't even eat dinner together. Wouldn't even probably shop at the same stores. But God is saying through Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 that this brings a unity in the body of Christ. And notice the first part. He says, just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So the idea is that a hand does not exist on its own. Right? If the hand was chopped off, it wouldn't continue being a hand and functioning. It's not like old school movie and even older school TV show, The Addams Family, that had the thing in the box and had a hand functioning on its own. That doesn't happen for real, okay? That's just fake, okay? Just in case you didn't know. Uh, so, we are unified as the body in Christ. And then the meat of the passage is our second point, is the body has many members. The body has many members. Look at verse 14. It says, The body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Uh, Romans chapter 12 goes kind of along with that. It says, By the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So what if, as you being the body of Christ, what if all of you were the mouth? That would be really annoying. You think about all of you being the mouth 
and you're supposed to go out and be a witness of Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be God's voice and ears and hands and feet, and you're supposed to be all that, but all you are is the mouth and you never shut up. What do you think that would say to an unbelieving world? You think about that. You're annoying, exactly. You never shut up, you never listen, and all you are is the mouth, and all you do is speak, speak, speak. And unfortunately, the church, we deal with that a lot. But what if we are all just the ears, and the gospel was never heard, but all we did was listen? What if we were just the hands, and, and although it's great to serve, and it's great to give of your time and energy and effort, if, if all we were the hands with no message of the gospel, then all it becomes is a glorified social thing that you're just trying to help others and feed the poor. And there's no power in that. And so the Bible describes that all parts of the body have to work together. Some of you out there are the mouth. That's just how God created you. Not to be obnoxious with and annoying with, but to actually speak the words of the gospel and to speak truth. Some of you are the ears. God has given you a great gift to actually be able to sit and listen to people. To listen to their problems, listen to their struggles, and actually have empathy. God hasn't given me that gift much, but I know I need to work on it, especially being married. It's always a good thing to listen once in a while. And having kids too. So just because maybe you're the mouth and you know it, God's created you to talk and you're, you're good at communicating, doesn't mean that you can't see the Holy Spirit bringing the power into your life to be a listener too. God isn't saying, okay, I've blessed uh, this one with the mouth, this one with the ears, this one with the hands, and that's where you function and you just function, function apart from everything else. You actually can expand because of the Holy Spirit into your weaker areas. Because it's interesting, Paul also says in his writings that where I am weak, there is where I'm strong because I have to depend on God. So some of you may feel like, hey, I'm the mouth and I'm really good at talking and all that, and maybe God is telling some of you to shut up. Nicely, kindly, because God wouldn't do it meanly, right? But in the same sense, look, hey, maybe you should stop talking for a little bit and be an ear. Maybe you should stop talking about what you're going to do for others and be the hands. And so all of them function, even though they're different body parts, they all function together. My nose functions to tell me that whatever's in front of me smells really good when I'm going to eat. And it says, Oh, Tim, you need to try that. But how weird would it be if my nose just leaned over and started trying to eat? Isn't that weird? Like my nose just started trying to take in food. And then I ended up dying because all my breathing and stuff would be clogged. The idea is that my nose tells my mouth, Hey, dude, eat. But how weird would it be if I'm a grown man and then all of a sudden I'm just <laughs> leaning over and just digging in like a dog? Maybe on man night it would be okay. But 
not with two girls and my wife at the dinner table, me and Noah, maybe, you know, father-son thing, but my hands work, right? And it all works together to enjoy this amazing meal. But in the same sense, our body functions together to produce something that is like a pleasing aroma to God and something that the world actually sees and says, wow, this is amazing. The body of Christ working together. So it has many members. Your identity is found within the body. And true to identity in Christ can only be found within the body. This is something important to think about. You can get involved in a lot of other things outside of the church, the body of Christ, FCA, uh, Young Life, um, even your Christian school or your homeschool stuff or, or stuff in your public school. And you can get involved in all those things. And those things are great to encourage others to follow Christ and to share the gospel. But if all you do is function there, apart from the church that God has designed and ordained, then you're missing the point of your Christian life. Because the idea isn't to raise up these other organizations to replace the church. The idea is that the church is the body that God designed and basically challenged us to be a part of. And then these other things can help but they should be pointing to the church. They should be uplifting the church. Not the other way around, them replacing church. So it's important for us to remember that. And then each body has a designed role to play. Do you know that God created uniqueness? You know that? A lot of people try to steal uniqueness from God. And they do their own thing, and they dress goofy, or or they listen to some music. And, and it's funny to me, like, sometimes there's this competition between people, even my friends, and now you guys probably have this too, where it's like everyone wants to find the new coolest group. And, like, they go to, you know, ACL down in Austin or something like that, and they're kind of got this quirky group that, oh, you should hear these guys, and they want to be the ones that discovered this band. Like, they were the ones that signed them to the record label or something ridiculous like that. And it's like, I want I know this band. Well what about this band? Well these guys, they don't even they're not even mainstream. They're like underground and you don't even know about them. And it's almost like this weird, dumb competition. But the reality is this everyone's trying to be unique and then they're trying to be unique. They're actually being ordinary. And the reality is that God is the one that created uniqueness. And it has nothing to do with the way you dress. It has nothing to do with the way you talk. It has nothing to do with the music you listen to or who you hang out with or what websites you visit. Now I can say out here in the audience when I encounter different people, certain ones of you are definitely more unique than others. But that's really more on a world standard. But God created true uniqueness. Think about being unique in God's eyes. It has everything to do with how you live and serve within the body. You know what I find unique? I'll give you some examples. What I find unique and amazing, and, and I know God does as well, is that some of you junior high students take some time on Wednesday after school 
to go over to Ralph Wilson to serve and to share the gospel. That is unique. How many friends of yours do you know that are doing that after school one day? They're actually thinking of others and not myself and playing video games every day or whatever, hanging out with my friends and kind of feeding myself. How many of you know people or you are one of those people that does that, that actually gives their time after school to, to snotty, bratty kids that need to hear the gospel? But you know what? It's happening. And that is unique and amazing and awesome. Think about people like yourselves who give two weeks of their summer to do a similar thing and share the gospel with little kids. That to me is unique. People that maybe save their money not for themselves to buy those new shoes or that new dress or that new shirt or the new video game, but they actually save their money to go to Sam's and get cases of food for people in need. That is unique. Unique is not defined in what you're wearing. Unique is not defined in how you talk, the music you listen to, what you say, and who you hang out with. Unique is found in your service to God and how you live out your faith in the body of Christ. We are all members, but we are all given uniqueness by God. And then the last one is the body of Christ values everyone's role as crucial and essential. Look at verses 21 to 26. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more which our more presentable parts do not require. But God had so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. So back to this goofy conversation that's going on. Think about what's happening here. <laughs> Paul is illustrating, and that's one of the reasons why I love Paul's writings and I love to listen to him because he's a little crazy. He's a little weird. And I love the fact that he's weird and unique, once again. <laughs> he's helping you picture, if you didn't see this, he's helping you picture body parts talking to each other. Right? So here's the hand. And somehow the hand has a mouth. Maybe, you know, he drew with a pen like some of you do, you know, and you draw the mouth and the hand's saying, well, I'm not as special as you, Foot, because you actually can run and take people places. And, you know, imagine these body parts just talking to each other. And the Foot's like, yeah, but, but I stink a lot of times because, you know, I run around and have socks and shoes on and, and I smell. But... But yeah, but you can take people places. And then the hand's like, yeah, but... And then the foot's like, yeah, but you can feed people and you can eat. And so there's like this weird conversation going on happening between body parts. The ear starts talking. And then, you know, like the, the elbow and the nose, that's really weird. Then he starts talking. And so you got this picture of like these body parts talking to one another. But you think about a team for a second. Think about a team, 
And most of you have been on a team, maybe when you were little and you ditched soccer, you know, after you're seven, seven years old or something like that. But most of you have been on a team, maybe uh, even like a, a choir or, or a band or things like that too. Not everybody, we've got to be honest, not everybody is as skilled as others, right? It's just a fact. There's not everybody can score the touchdown. Not everybody plays that one instrument that everybody wants to play. Not everybody's gifted in that. Not everybody can sing that, that one part that's really tough. And so there's different parts to play. They're not all equal. You think about your class. Everybody in your class at school. Some of you are like, I'm homeschooled. Well, your brother may be smarter than you. <laughs> Not everybody's equal, right? In your class, there's some that excel. There's some that aren't so good. I was kind of in the middle. <laughs> I wasn't horrible, but I wasn't great either. There was way smarter people than me in my class. We're not all equal in that. We like to think so and... Even society, you know, they give everybody a trophy, which is really dumb, I think. Everybody gets a trophy. No, some of you stink. It's okay. Find something else. It's all right. It's okay to fail, too. But the reality is this. All of us aren't equal. Think about your home. Some of you are crazy at home. And some of you are well-behaved. Some of you do your chores without asking. And some of you, they have to really be influenced in a in a positive way to do their chores and things. We're all different, just like the body of Christ. We're all different. So how do we tend to look at these different roles in the church and their importance? You know, oftentimes we look at the role of pastor, of speaker, as, oh, he's important. Pastor Gary, you know, he's the man, right? If there was like a, a pyramid of church staff and then the rest of us, you know, Pastor Gary's here and the rest of us are somewhere down here catching his crumbs, right? But actually this passage says some of these weaker members and some of these tougher things and some of these hidden jobs within the church are actually uh, looked at as greater oftentimes. And that not all of us are called to speak, not all of us are called to be up front, but we all serve a purpose in the body. There are babies up there right now pooping in their diapers. Honestly, they are. Yeah, he thought that was funny. Uh, it's not funny when you have to change one. But you know what? Someone in the body of Christ is doing that today. For God's glory, changing a diaper. That, to me, wouldn't be one that would be sought after, but it's still being used to glorify God. We all have different parts to play. Many members within the body. So how should this affect how we live? As we get ready to go to our breakouts, I want you to think about these, these verses. Just listen to Romans chapter 12, verses 9-21. through 21, and Hopefully you guys can talk about these verses uh, once I find them. Romans 12, 9-21. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly, brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. 
Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, it will help heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for this lesson about the body. And we pray that as we discuss it just for about 10 or 15 minutes, Lord, I pray that You'll help us understand what our role is, that we all can be unique in serving You, and that You have created us to honor You as we work together in the body of Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.